You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. And welcome to the Win Win podcast. This is Ben Wolf, as always, your host. I want to introduce our guest today who is going to speak about the dangers of not building a relationship, a real relationship with your bank. Uh, before we get into that, I want to uh, ask everybody to pause this recording, video, rec- audio podcast, however it is that you're listening to this, and leave a review, uh, <laughs> comment, like, share, because that is what makes it more accessible to more people. Uh, as well, I would I would mention to people that if anybody out there is listening, and this is relevant for all of you too, who are in the area of fractional executive leadership, uh, we have a great community, and uh, the topic we're talking about is relevant to that, but uh, it's useful information, not just to CFOs, but uh, also to any leadership team members, uh, because it has to do with the health of the business. Uh, and if anybody out there is in uh, this fractional executive world, uh, check out, we have a great professional association and community for fractional executives, helping them connect with, learn from each other, and many other great things related to that. So check out fractionalleadership.io. Uh, for any of you all in that space. Uh, and with that, I want to get into introducing our guest today, who is the Vice President and Senior Relationship Manager at American Business Bank. Uh, this is a bank for private, closely held, medium-sized businesses headquartered in Southern California. Uh, clients typically have a revenue range of 10 to 200 million. You can learn more about uh, our guest and uh, his organization at AmericanBB.Bank. That's AmericanBB.Bank. And with that, I give you Trey, Trey Weatherill. Welcome, Trey. Thank you, Ben. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. My absolute pleasure. Um, so I guess it would be most helpful if we got started today, if you could give us like a quick two-minute background, quick two-minute history that kind of give us a little context. Maybe some of that stuff you told me was useful also before we started recording, but quick two-minute history on uh, helping us get some context for what we're talking about right now. Uh, yeah. Um... Uh, my background is 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 one in which is pretty common in the banking industry, which is uh, nobody really uh, 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 starts out wanting to be in banking. We kind of end up in banking, you know, somewhere along the lines. Sometimes it's we know somebody, which was my case. Uh, my father-in-law spent 34 years in the banking industry, and so that's kind of how I migrated into it. But uh, it's been a really good career. Uh, I've been at it for uh, 33 years in um, in May. Uh, and wow. uh, really, it, it, my focus has always been just, you know, serving people, serving businesses. And uh, there's a lot of joy that comes with that. And if I keep that that focus, uh, relationships uh develop uh, and a lot of fun can be happening happen in uh, uh, what is probably viewed as a pretty boring industry by most people from the outside. So um, in any case, uh, like you said, my my clients are, are typically middle market you know clients that are between probably 15 or 20 million up to a couple hundred million. but the sweet spot's probably that 20 to, 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 to probably 70 million because um, that's a there's a, a period in which businesses, uh, you know, get to, uh, uh, you know, things are keeping them up at night. <laughs> uh, their business are, are growing, they're, they're, uh, they're running into issues they didn't when they were smaller, uh, and they need advisors. And bankers are just one of typically uh, probably four or five different advisors that are probably needed to help support a business. Um, typically, that's your banker, your CPA, your attorney, and your, 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 um, 
you're, you're an insurance uh, agent. Uh, if you're a contractor, you probably have a bonding agent that's in there as well if you're doing bonded work. Uh, but uh, uh, most businesses that are smaller, um, they might not have these these needs uh, immediately. But eventually, if if they grow into a, a certain point, they they need they need help. Um, and there's a lot of of uh, of uh, uh, you know support that you can give them if they have that desire. Right. Awesome. I I guess when we talk about this topic, which I really, you know, haven't delved into a lot, I haven't been in the finance area of running finance of businesses, I'm in COO and running a, other aspects of business, not with a special focus on finance. So I, I'm I'm eager to have this conversation. And I guess the way I think of banking or, in the you know, the two small businesses I have, the way I think of banking is, gosh, whoever has the easiest app and, and you know, the easiest to work with, mostly transactional, just you know, that's really just it. As long as that whatever's easiest and 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 most practical or least expensive mm -hmm. uh, for those kinds of things, that's all I'm really thinking about. I imagine that as businesses grow up, they bring that attitude with them, even even beyond perhaps its usefulness. So I guess if you could just like educate me, um, you know, then there's no relationship with the bank or with the assigned commercial banker that might be assigned to you. So, you know, and you're with the big banks, you know, Bank of America or Chase or whatever, Citibank. Um, what's the problem with that approach? What are the risks? You know, what do you yeah. think about that? Yeah, um, I don't know that there's necessarily problems uh, there. I think there's a time and place for every type of bank, right? Um, and we all have the toys, you know, the online banking, the apps, you know, uh, you know, remote deposit capture, um, you know, uh, your, your phones where you can just deposit that way and all, all those sorts of things. Everybody has those things. 80% uh, of everything we do is the same, <laughs> just like 80% of everything that, that most businesses do uh, is the same. Uh, it's kind of that other 20% that, that, kind of separates um, uh, what your your need might be. And businesses in that timeline of, of, of growth and maturity will start running into issues, you know, they'll start running into, you know, employment liability, you know, they'll start running into working capital, you know, issues, uh, ex expansion issues, and they really need that group of unofficial advisors that will support that, uh, that growth. Uh, they want, they want a relationship with somebody that maybe has an expertise in their industry. Uh, they may want to have somebody that um, has other clients that are experiencing the same things that they're experiencing so that they can get, um, you know, market or uh, industry Intel um, that kind of matches what they're doing. And that's really going to come down to the individual banker. Uh, the bank I work at is very unique in that we have a group of bankers that are, that are, that are built like this. We've built a culture like that. But if you're dealing with a big bank, you need to probably find that person who that is. Uh, the best way to probably go about doing that is, <clears throat> you know, to use your resources. You know, uh, you want that person that's going to bring uh, that relational component to you so that you 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 have the information that helps you make the best choices. Um, and that's not just going to be for your banker. It's going to be for your attorney. It's going to be for your CPA. It's going to be for your your insurance, you know, guy or your or your uh, your bonding agent within the insurance, you know, realm. You've got your 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 um, um, 
your, your, your liability um, and, and, and then you're going to you have your workers comp. And then if you're a contractor, you're going to have some bonding agents. If you do bonded work, you just, you need these people. And so, you know, trade groups that you belong to, you, you, you need to spend some time talking to these people. Who are you using? You know, I mean, I think it's important that, that, um, that, you know, uh, business owners, uh, realize that this is a this is a this is a constant you know effort on their parts to try to match who their advisors are with where they're where they're at, mm -hmm. um, and they'll know they they know their gut's telling them at at a certain point, and uh, you know trade industries um, you know I find that a lot of uh, a lot of businesses that compete with each other they have they have relationships with each other which sometimes astounds me because they're competitive with each other but but they do have relationships with each other um if they have a cpa they may ask their cpa if they have an insurance guy they may ask their insurance guy who 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 are your clients using who should i be talking to and then you take your time just like you do in any relationship and you build a relationship you don't pull the trigger immediately but you you try to find somebody that matches uh, with you. And a lot of times that's personality driven. You know, if I take a look at cross section of most of my clients, most of my clients have a very similar personality to me, maybe not identical, but one in which that we kind of get each other, you know, um, and um, uh, that, that that's helpful in that process as well, because because comfort besides just the industry knowledge. Um, and the, and the, um, you know, the, the work ethic that comes along with it, all of that sort of stuff, you, you kind of got to get each other, you know, well, what, what will, I mean, if somebody has a relationship with a, with a banker, a good relationship with a matching personality and maybe some industry knowledge, I guess, what differences will they experience? Like what's the difference for that person versus somebody who has no relationship with it really bank. just depends, you know, I mean, you used the word transactional earlier, <laughs> you know, uh, there's, you know, we, uh, the banking industry has not done itself uh, uh, much of a service over time, you know, we're famous for giving you uh, a, uh, an umbrella on a rain, I mean, on a sunny day, and then pulling it back from you on a rainy day, right, you know, uh, it's kind of like the old joke yeah. about the industry. And, uh, uh, and so, you know, um, your 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 relationship that you have with 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 a bank uh, should match where you're at uh, it, with with your business. You 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 need support, and like like I said, you know, just a couple seconds ago, that should be something that uh, every owner is not reacting to, but is proactive to throughout the, throughout their process. And, and is if, that, that going to mean that you're gonna then have... you're going to be reactive, right? You know, and then right. you're going to sometimes make bad choices. It's just like any aspect of your business. I mean, EOS teaches these skills all the time, right? You know, uh, about, 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 uh, what are your, what are your, uh, what are your goals? What are your, what are your obstacles and what are your rocks? Right. I mean, that's your, that's your, your mantra. Right. Um, and banking is part of that. Accounting is part of that legal is part of that employment liability is part of that you want people right. that understand all of those components and aren't just pitching your product anybody right. can get to, anybody can do it that's easy right and so I, I guess if you're building a relationship with somebody they're more likely to have an umbrella on the rainy day too not just on the sunny day yeah yeah i mean you certainly need to understand the culture of that bank that that you know and what kind of authority they have too you know what's unique about the bank i work for is all of us uh have uh have uh, credit authority you know i can't 
I can't, you know, hamstring the bank more than, you know, $500,000, um, but neither can the CEO or the chief credit officer of our bank. But collectively, I can get, you know, four other officers to agree with what I want to do, and I can lend the legal lending limit of the bank, which is about $75 million. Mm -hmm. So um, it's, a, it's a unique culture in that way, but most banks are not set up that way. So normally you have uh, uh, the origination side, which is the person that's the customer facing, and then you have this wall in between them and credit. Um, and uh, so you need you need somebody that if you're not with a bank that has the type of structure that we have at this bank, uh, you need somebody that knows how to navigate that and understands the rules so that they know where they where they can sit. And they're not just telling you what you want to hear and trying to meet some sort of loan goal that they have for themselves. Their interest should be in, in making sure that you understand uh, that, that you're hearing what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. Right, yeah. right, right. Now, when you're, when, when people are, I guess when you think of your best clients or when you were on the business side, when you have a banker that you had a relationship with, I guess like, what's the, for those relationships, I mean, you don't need to overdo it, but like, what's the, what's kind of the best ideal cadence, I guess, for how often you're seeing each other, what you're sharing with them, like what's, what's involved in that? Nurturing, um, I guess, over time of that. I would say, you know, I've, I've got clients that are in, in, you know, that, that meet with me once or twice a year. Um, but then I've got clients that, that want to meet me with me on a quarterly basis. Uh, and I actually feel like I have more depth of relationship with them and I can serve them on the level that they need. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, if I am meeting with them quarterly, I'm obtaining, you know, quarterly financial information from them, uh, so that I, I know the health of their company. Um, it really just depends on where you're at again in that continuum. If you're a small business and you do not have a lot of borrowing needs and it's all depository related, there's probably no need to meet with a banker on a regular basis. But if you have borrowing needs, maybe you need a working capital line, occasionally you're buying equipment, maybe you have an international component and you need to be able to do letters of credit um, or currency exchange and those sorts of things. Uh, you, you, you want a bank that has those services and you probably ought to be meeting with your bank on a regular basis. Um, when I say regular basis, that means at least once a year, but, but preferably probably two, two times a year, just, you know, so that you can plan a, a lot of times. Um, my clients are very appreciative of the fact that I meet with them on a quarterly basis because they can pick up the phone and they can call me and they can say, Trey, I need five new trucks. And I'm like, okay, send me an invoice. I already, I'm already underwriting it up here because I'm, I'm meeting with them. You know what I'm saying? Right. I actually do the underwriting, you right. know, because I have credit authority, but people that don't have credit authority can do that as well. They know what the runway is, what their client, if they're a good banker, they should know what their runway is. Um, and they should be able to, they should be able to answer that question with relative certainty without, without just telling them what they want to hear at that moment. Um, right. um, uh, and, and if, if a banker is active in that, relationship they should be able to make that call even if they don't have authority right that's helpful i guess what 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 range would you say i guess is on the lower end for most bankers that you could have a relationship with right if someone's going to be worth their while or i don't know mm -hmm. if it's going to be worth their while i don't know, let's say for for people to feel okay. like uh like they're like the banker is going to be 
interested or willing to be having a relationship with them, right? So mm-hmm. I guess what's the lower end of that spectrum, generally speaking, from what you see? You mean as far as frequency call? I mean, uh, meeting frequency goes? Or you no, just I mean, in, in terms of like revenue, like revenue, I don't know, how big does the business need to be Okay, All right. for, oh. for that to be... Yeah, I guess for them to have access to a relationship yeah. with a banker, it's going to depend on the industry itself. Uh, you know, some service industries aren't that big. You can have a legal firm that only does, you know, four or five million in annual revenues, and that can be a pretty substantial firm. You know, they can have a lot of employees, um, and they may have uh, some needs that that you can you can help them with. A lot of attorneys have you know trust accounts that they need to have to help support you know their their uh, their relationships with their clients uh, um, and mm. uh, so there's some expertise and uh, that can be brought there but I would say on average so let's just look at my my clients uh, segment you know most of my clients are uh, e- either in the manufacturing um, wholesale distribution or or their contractors um, and uh, I would have to say that that most of your big banks if you're not if you're not over you know, 10 million in deposits and you want to borrow 15 million, you know, uh, uh, from them either on a, on a term basis or a, a line basis or combined, uh, they're, they're, you're probably not going to get a lot of attention in most cases, but there's exceptions to that rule. So the way you, the way you um, combat that is you, you, you speak to other people, you know, you, you use your curiosities. Who are you using? You know, who should I be talking to? Um, and you and you find these people. Um, and then again, you take your time getting, to, you know, getting to know them, getting to know their bank, talking to others. You know, I'm a big fan of this whole birds of a feather thing. You know, they always flock together. Uh, and, uh, you know, I do that on my my client acquisition side. They should be doing that on their uh, the, cu- the customer should be doing that on their their advisor, you know, acquisition side, um, even their vendors, for that matter. You know, um, they should they you know, they they should be having conversations with other people that are using right. that person so that they know um, it's harder in the bigger bank environment to do that. It's probably a lot easier to do that in the small to medium sized banks. Um, um, but, uh, um, you know. It's just like anything else relational. You've got to take the time to build it and you need to, you right. need to, get to know people. So, right. Right. So you're asking competitors, asking to people in peer groups, uh, you know, asking people that have got, I guess, similar, similar size and scale businesses or even bigger and just learn from there, you know, just see what they say, see who they're talking to have, you know, okay. That's a much more informal process. And there's, there's little ways you can figure it out too. You know, I mean, you know, you get a, you get a referral from somebody and you go to LinkedIn, every banker's on LinkedIn these days and you look at their history and if they, if they don't have a history of staying in one place for, you know, a while, and it seems that they jump from bank to bank every couple of years, you're in for a ride. If you, you know, hook your wagon right. up, right? Right. You so, go and join, join, yeah. bring everything over to that bank and then, <laughs> yeah. and then and, you're stuck and have to find a new banker at that bank a year or two yeah. later. Yeah. And changing banks is a pain, especially the bigger your institution is. So um, obviously we at American Business Bank, do our our best to try to mitigate that pain as we're going through the the migration for a customer but but the reality is is that it's viewed you know kind of like changing your cpa changing your bank they're just pains yeah so you just don't do it people as, as, have as a higher as pain frequently threshold. as possible yeah yeah 
Well, what happens, uh, you know, I guess, well, what happens if you do find yourself? What do, what should people do if they do find themselves in that situation? Even if they are at a great bank, you know, maybe their banker was there for 20 years, but then they retire a year later or, mm-hmm. you know, or, or or leave for whatever reason. It, it probably can still happen. So uh, what, well, what should what, people do? One of the things that we do to combat that at American Business Bank, because it happens, right? Somebody retires, somebody, you know, gets offered a ton of money and go somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? That sort of deal. It happens. Uh, we, we have what we call a two by two mentality um, uh, where um, even though I'm the primary calling officer um, on a, on a client, um, we, we, we typically have another banker that's also involved in that calling process. There's two reasons for that. Number one, credit committee is happening on day one. Right. Uh, and number two, you know, I mean, you want additional be, credit to be authorized at some point. So you, you don't want to. Yeah, well, people, you're you probably people, your colleagues to have zero context about some of your clients. Yeah. Well, there's it's on the credit side. and It's also just on the support side. If I'm on vacation, you know, I want another banker to be familiar with this because I don't want to be, you know, tethered to my, you know, my technology. Right. When you're on when vacation, my, when my family's in. Europe or wherever, you know what okay. I'm saying? I want to I want to make sure that that they are supported well and that person knows the relationship and it's not just names. It's they have an intimate knowledge of the of the credit as well. Um and um you know the services that that uh, that are part of that. So um my suggestion to businesses that would find themselves um or have in the past found themselves in that uh uh you know dilemma where all of a sudden they've lost their banker to make sure that there's more than one banker that knows who they are. So that person's boss or, and banks are generally all set up the same way. You have a calling officer, then typically you have either a branch manager or a a regional manager that, um, that supports, that supports that relationship. Those two people should, should at least be involved in that. And if you're of significant size, you probably should be demanding, you know, a meeting with the, at some point along the lines with other, you know, uh, executive officers of that bank, CEO or, or um, you're probably not going to get the CEO of Wells Fargo or, or you know, J- Jamie Dimon's not going to show up to your office for a meeting from Chase, you know, but, you know, right. but, but if you're dealing with a, My a $10 smaller, million dollar business, I need to... <laughs> a smaller, medium sized bank, you probably ought to, you, you probably ought to know who the players are. And if you get an opportunity to play in their, their, their bank golf tournament or one of their other events, you should probably try to get in front of that person. So they know who you are. Right who you are because you're going to need favors at times and you're going to, and you're going to need them to know your story. That's the most important thing. There's a story behind every business and with every business comes an owner and what banks really want to know is they want to know that that person is going to pay them back. That's really what it comes down to. Uh Um, You know, it can be bullets on paper, but you know, the banker has to have that gut feel, (laughs) you know? Um, And that's what makes it hard when you have a wall between origination and credit. Right. You know, banks today, for the most part, throw salespeople out there. They've got a wall and then they've got the credit side. Um, and that's what's made it difficult for a lot of a lot of businesses. But if you can find a bank where that person has has depth of relationship with the credit side of the bank or is doing it themselves like like I do, uh, that that is a relationship you need to you need to develop and you need to develop a relationship with people that are um, above that person. <laughs> You know, right. so that you can so that you can uh, shore up that possibility of a retirement. <laughs> right. No, that's great. That's great advice. 
Um, I guess when it, when it comes to, so that kind of stuff is like the big stuff, right? That's going to be better at a bank. If, you know, if you, if you nurture the relationship, you as a business owner are nurturing the relationship and working with the banker to nurture the relationship and maybe some of their superiors, um, then some of these bigger issues or bigger challenges, you're going to, you know, you're going to be better off than you would, at, you know, some giant corporate entity where you're, you know, barely noticed as a cog, mm -hmm. but is, do you ever find that there's, but so that's like on the big stuff, but do you ever find that there's a trade-off on the day-to-day -day, uh, of, of any less convenience or, uh, you know, on the local or regional or state banks? Uh, is there, is there ever a trade-off that people have to make or do some kind of cost-benefit analysis on, on some of the day-to-day -day convenience side, or is that just a, a stereotype on my part that I think there might be a trade-off, but like, is there sometimes a trade-off and how should people think about that? Well, I think the, the big trade-off uh, I think that most businesses should be aware of is that um, the less of a relationship you have with the bank, the more chance there is for overreaction, which will be negative to you, okay? It'll negatively impact you. Uh, the more of a relationship you have, the less overreaction there'll be because they the trust- Meaning if you miss a payment or something- uh, miss a payment or you've had a bad quarter or maybe a bad year. You know what I'm saying? You've tripped covenants on your borrowing, you know, stuff like that. Um, the the more of a relationship you have, the the more the, the bank and the banker understand that they're still okay, that, that they trust your management. You know, there's three rules in banking and they are management, management, management. <laughs> And if you can display that, even though you're going through this season and it's not an if it's a win, you know, I've got very successful, you know, $50 million businesses that have issues. You know, the owner all of a sudden decides to build the Taj Mahal for his wife. Um, you know, he's getting up in age. He wants to maybe go out and uh, travel and see the world a little more. He might not have spent enough time building up his management to manage that thing. And all of a sudden there's a, you know, a, a million and a half loss in, in the year. And, and how do you mitigate that? You know, most banks are going to, are going to overreact if they don't have a relationship with mm -hmm. their banker and with credit. And if, and if you're not meeting with them quarterly or semi-annually so that they can get a heads up coming, right. they're going to completely overreact in those situations. Right. So you, you can get ahead of it. Yeah, exactly. Out of relationship. Yeah, yeah. It's all relationship driven. And if you don't have a relationship with your bank that matches what your expectations are, you should start investigating where you can find one. Right. It was it was very interesting when I when I read up on you, you know, and saw that that your bank has reading here 3.8 billion in assets, only 2,000 clients, 200 mm -hmm. employees, about one quarter of which 49 approximately bankers. Mm -hmm. Uh, for 3.8 billion in assets and and only 2,000 clients. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, that was surprising to me. Just like, wow. I mean, just like so few clients. I mean, it's a good sized bank, obviously, but like so few clients. And it, I guess it just speaks to that uh, relationship priority. Mm -hmm. um, but well, we're, we're guys, last we're, question. Yeah, go ahead. Well, we're a little different. You know, we're we're different in that in, in that uh, um, we we not everybody gets let in. You know what I'm saying? And it doesn't mean that we're picky. It's just that we we know what is a match with us. Um, 
you know, um, I, I always go back to the example of somebody that let's say where I'm looking at bringing in two separate clients to the bank. And one of them is bullets, absolutely bullets on paper uh, financially. Okay. Um, I can underwrite the deal. The FDIC is not going to give me a heartburn on my credit memo. Uh, it's, it's just going to be, it's going to be fine. But I picked up the phone because there was somebody in there, you know, accounts payable, you know, aging that I know. And I find out this person is a grinder and is always looking for discounts on what they're paying, you know, what, they, what they're uh, supposed to be paying. Um, they drag their, their payables out, you know, past 60 on a regular basis. Uh, and um, uh, they don't have a very good reputation at that vendor. And then I, uh, and then I pick up uh, another credit and the guy is, uh, you know, maybe has some credit issues. Maybe it's not as easy to underwrite that deal. Um, when I say credit issues, meaning maybe they had a period, you know, in recent past where they did go through one of those difficulties, but we've been able to shore it up. We understand they're strong managers. They've been through, you know, several, you know, economic cycles. We know that, you know, they know how to manage it. We can look at past and present performance and we're able to underwrite it. And I pick up the phone and I talk to that accounts payable um, that I happen to know. And uh, they say, yeah, I, I do business with these guys, you know, all day long because, you know, come hell or high water, they're going to pay you back. Well, that's huge. Absolutely huge, right. you know? And so those types of things allow you not to overreact. Right. You know? And that's what makes us unique is not only do we have the credit authority that you spoke about, not only, you know, do we, do we, um, um, you know, provide a, an, a, a, you know, advisory type, you know, uh, service to our clients that most banks don't do. Uh, but we don't overreact because we have depth of relationship with our clients, which right. allows us to be able not to, not to feel like we have to do every deal. We want to do the deal that matches with us. And so, so that's what makes us somewhat unique. Right. And, and, and your example just now speaks to something you said earlier about not just that the business owners need to be speaking with their friends and colleagues and competitors about uh, who they do for their banking, but about how you're speaking with the stakeholders and, you know, and, and the, the vendors mm -hmm. uh, of, of, uh, of the people who want to be your clients to make the same kind of uh, adjustment. And I guess, you know, I, I think that, you know, that, that also goes into what you're probably going to answer on the last question, which is that, look, I mean, American, uh, was that American Business Bank is uh, in Southern California, mm -hmm. and most people in America are not. So the uh, no offense to Southern California, but most people in America do not live in Southern California. So the uh, for those that are there, wonderful, you reach out to Trey. Uh, <laughs> for uh, for those who are looking for a bank or somewhere else, I I assume you're going to say, talk to your friends, talk to your colleagues, talk to your competitors, mm -hmm. right? and then you know, find out who's, who's going to be the best relationship uh, where you are. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not the banker for everybody. I know that, you know, I talked about personality earlier. Um, um, I do have some, some, some regional restrictions, as you just uh, indicated. Uh, a lot of my clients are headquartered here, but they have, you know, operations mm -hmm. elsewhere as well. So it's not right. like we're not doing business in other parts of the country. You know, I've got clients that, 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 uh, benefited tremendously by the big up 
swing in in real estate and sold property and did 1031 exchanges, you know, into other real estate and other properties that I've had to finance over the last few years because of mm -hmm. that growth in in value. Um, uh, so we, we, uh, we operate outside of the state, but most of our clients are, are, uh, you know, independently owned, you know, uh, family owned businesses headquartered here in Southern California that may also have operations elsewhere. Um, but, you know, we don't have to operate outside of the state, um, to do a tremendous amount of business because, you know, we sit in the, depends on who you talk to the fifth or sixth largest, you know, GNP in the world. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot to be had here. No, we no, have, it's, yeah, it's we not... got 40, 40 million people in this it's state. Plenty big so. enough market for, uh, <laughs> exactly. for you. <laughs> exactly. But, 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 but you're correct in that. I think that uh, business owners, that business owners need to choose a banker that's, that's best for them. Um, the bank's going to do that. So why shouldn't they do that for themselves? You know, right. um, yeah. but to take the time and to get to know them and to, to, you know, they've got their spheres of influence, you know, all over the, their, their regions and where they're at, they should be having those conversations. Um, and if, you know, if, if some of your viewers want to, you know, pick my brain, they're free to reach out to me and I'll, give them some some direction and some advice and all of you guys at eos are going to be doing the same thing as you're going through your your your, your process with them as well yeah. banking's just one component of it um but there's definitely a difference between an advisor and just a banker right well it's a a good way to conclude i really appreciate it i appreciate the education on this uh, on this topic and everything you've shared again you can learn about troy weatherill uh, through AmericanBB.Bank. Uh, but just really appreciate the time you made yes, today. Yes, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. And thank you for making it. And uh, everybody else, we will see you on the other side. Thanks. You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf.